Hey everybody, so welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Let's Talk with Shannon. Yes, so we are in for another great show today. Today, I want to talk a little bit about healing, but more so, I want to talk about healing in the black community. Because as y'all know, that can be a very, very taboo thing in our community. But I'm so glad that we are starting to wake up. And I'm so glad that we are starting to get the help that we need. So thank you so much for joining Let's Talk with Shannon. All right. So I'm sitting down with my girl, Mecca. And Mecca. Hey. Hey, Mecca. Hey. Hi. How are you? Good. I'm so glad that you are here. So Mecca is, I don't know how you title yourself. Do you title yourself as a psychologist? How do you title yourself? Okay, so I am a licensed professional counselor, and in that, I am a mental health therapist. Awesome. Okay, so mental health therapist. Now, Mecca and I have an interesting story. So we met each other just kind of out and about in Atlanta. She was looking fly, sat down at the the (laughs) bar with me and my girl, and we just started talking. And so I just love how... As black women, we can just come together, right? Like we can just get to know one another, build relationships, and it doesn't have to be drama. But I'm going to leave that for another topic. Yeah, that's a whole other, that's a whole, that conversation we had that day randomly is a whole topic by itself. And I think that deserves its own space. Well, let's get into that. Now let's, okay, so let's get into that. So we were talking about what? Let's talk a little bit about um, what we were talking about on that day and what really caused us to, like, build this relationship. So on that day, we were talking about just our the trauma that we experienced in our early childhood development and how it impacted how we showed up in relationships, our perception of our environment and the world in and of ourselves and our decisions that we made. That's basically the gist of the conversation. And all of us shared stories. Correct. And so, you know, just to take it back to the healing piece, um, I remember you asking me. I mean, you just were kind of like my counselor that day. like Yeah. <laughs> I, I was not providing therapy audience. But, yeah, it was just more so like I was just asking some questions for you to think about. And I was just listening. And also, I appreciate you all for being vulnerable in that moment because that's hard. That's not that's not that conversation, that particular day, that time. That's not regular. Right. That's not a regular moment among strangers. That's correct. So we were strangers sitting at the bar. No, we were not drinking. We were actually having brunch. It was actually um, uh, I don't know if it was a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning. It was a Sunday. It was a Sunday. Okay, it was a Sunday morning. You have excellent memory. <laughs> because I was visiting. Remember, I was visiting. I was Atlanta visiting. That's right. So you, she was visiting um, Atlanta. And so I just got to talking about my story. Everybody, you know, how I went from stripping to striving and just some things that happened in between. So she was asking me some questions and I was like, you know what? Those are some really good questions that you're asking. I really should have you on a podcast. So that's how we ended up here. So what would you say for people who are thinking about therapy, not sure about therapy, um, 
you know, like I said, in our community, we can be called crazy and all this type of stuff. So kind of shed some light on why people should definitely get therapy. Well, if you are having any type of struggles in your any type of relationships, whether it's a parenting dynamic, marriage, partnership, business, just you find like there is consistent patterns of maybe arguments or you feel like there's negative people in your life. I think it's time for you to go look for a therapist. You have to get to the common denominator of what's going on with you, how to start, how did you end up in some of these spaces and these dynamics. Um, if you find yourself struggling with just your general mental health, like experiencing a lot of depression, anxiety, um, if you are struggling with grief, maybe had a recent loss, and loss is not always death. It could be a breakup. It could be a transition. Um, those things are reasons to go to therapy. If you have had any type of tra- trauma in the past and that's unresolved and somehow there's some wounds still attached to that, it's definitely time to go get therapy. Those are some of the main things. Absolutely. And you know, I'm like in a new healing phase of my life. I've been in healing for a little while. Um, so I've been thinking of going back to therapy and I guess my biggest thing is like really trying to find the right therapist. Like, where do you go? What questions do you ask? Do you get a male? Do you get a female? Should you get someone who um, is in the same ethnic background as you? So kind of shed some light on how we can go about finding a therapist. That's a really good question. So finding a therapist for you and your um, individual needs is like dating. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, some people go to a therapist one time, they don't like the experience, and then they just give up. So first thing I say is give the therapist at least two to three sessions, right? Also, do not just rely on the therapist to, to, to give you the answers or to come up with something to talk about. Go in the session with you know a subject matter and see where that goes. Just allow space for it to see what the, the vibe is like. Because it's literally like dating. And after maybe the third session and you still don't see any progress with the relationship, then do not give up. Try to find another therapist. And ethnic background. Some people want to stay with their same ethnic background because they want that familiarity. But sometimes it could be too familiar. Mm. Sometimes, you know, you need to branch out and go with someone that's just just look for somebody who's culturally competent. Not necessarily with your same ethnic background or um, sex. Just look for somebody who understands and who is competent in their skill set and work. Got it. So it's... Oh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Ways to find a therapist. You can definitely, if you have any type of insurance, commercial insurance, like health insurance, I mean, um, you can go through your insurance company. There is a online site. There's plenty of online sites. But one is Psychology Today. There's Therapy for Black Girls. There's Therapy for Black Men. Um, what's some other sites? It's multiple sites that you can find therapists. But those are the main ones that stand out to me. Okay. And also go to, like, if you have friends that's been to therapy, ask them, like, hey, who do you go to? And then maybe they can refer you to their therapist. And if their therapist is unavailable, then maybe they can find refer you to another therapist. So those are some ways to find a therapist. Now, is it uncomfortable? Is it normal to be uncomfortable? Like, I guess a lot of us have that fear, right? And it's 
I don't even think it's necessarily the therapy. I think that a lot of us are just afraid to to face the trauma again or to to like mm-hmm. bring up the old wounds. So how can you kind of help some of us along who are like, oh, I know I need to heal. I know my next level is attached to my healing, but I'm just so afraid to bring up those those old things because I don't even I don't even know what may come up now. Yeah, so it is absolutely normal to feel that way. Lots of people feel that way when they first start therapy because they don't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. So I would say when you have that fear and your normal thing to do is avoid or run away, lean into the fear and do the thing that you wouldn't normally do. Just stay open to the process. Got it. In every session... It's, it's going to be hard because you're bringing up old things and you, you're going to start thinking about yourself more. Lots, lots of self-awareness is going to take place. And it's it's hard. You're going to start looking at yourself. And it's not easy, but it's worth it. It's just a part of the process. It's a part of healing. It's a part of what they call doing the work. Now, you tell me. Go there. Yes. Now, tell me, is this normal? So lately, I've been feeling like I've been like doing some inner work and I've been feeling kind of like I'm walking in between two different um, elements. Like I'm, it's like, I don't want to say like between life and death, but just kind of like feeling like there's a death happening with me. So I'm just assuming that it's like the old me that's dying. There's a newer version of me. It's kind of like a butterfly um, coming out of the cocoon. And I'm just feeling... I don't even want to say lost. I just feel like I'm stepping into something unknown and Mm. it's scary. And I know that it's coming from the healing work that I'm doing. It just kind of feels like I'm shedding the old. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. And then you're you're going through a change and it's unfamiliar. Mm. So it's going to like what's happening here. What's going on? And it almost it's, makes me want to go backwards. Like, oh, this yep. is so unfamiliar. I feel yes. so naked and vulnerable. Let me go back to the safe space. Even though it's traumatic and even though I'm in pain there, it's still a familiar pain, right? That's fear. That's fear talking. Mm-hmm. Fear is what would t- bring you back to old stuff, the old patterns that don't serve you. Oh, I like that. That don't serve you. No longer serve you. It don't serve you. And you know it doesn't serve you. But again, with that, that that other side, you don't know what's on the other side of that. You feel something's changing within, but you're like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Embrace the change. Okay. Lean into it. Yes. Get into it. Your old patterns, is, you know that stuff doesn't serve you. Yeah. And when you think about it, when you start to think about, oh, I should go back there, I would like you to think about the consequences. I do. Con- I'm like, you know, it, it ain't even nothing there anymore. Like, mm. like, literally, if I chose to turn around at this point, everything that I've been working for is just going to completely get sucked away because what, I, what I'm building doesn't even fit in that space. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like, there's no mm-hmm. space there for the new stuff I'm building. But at the same time, it's like, oh, my gosh, I feel so naked and so vulnerable. And it's like you elevated. Yeah. And, and it's like, what do I hold on to? Like everything that I used to be able to hold on to, that's disappearing. And it's kind of like being out in the middle of the ocean and the island is disappearing. You're like, wait, come back. You know, 
the island, the island is the trauma, but it's like, I, but I need for you to just, just hold on, you know, but it's like, no, you got to be out in this water by yourself until the new thing comes along. And it's like, I don't know, Tasha, it sounds like you might be grieving. Woo, I could be. You might be grieving. And so I definitely encourage you to go see a therapist. You might be going through some, your shed, the shedding is a, is a part. Cause what I'm hearing is it's a, it's you, it's a transition you're going through and you may be grieving your old self. Yeah. And that's totally normal. That's a part of the process, the grief, the letting go. Now let's talk about that, right? So, cause there's different stages to this thing, right? So once you start getting into the place where you feel the elevation and it feels, it feels like joy, it feels like peace. And one part of me is like, oh my gosh, I'm not used to that. <laughs> like, Mm-hmm. What is joy and what is real peace? Like, oh my gosh, let me go back to the trauma because that's familiar. So when you are grieving your old self, kind of walk us through what that looks like and what the next step should be. I mean, it looks like any other, like any other loss, like there is some, some crying, some depression, there's some anger, there's some acceptance it's like different stages, the same stages that we would typically see with the grieving process of any other loss is also a part of this when you're trying to, when you're transitioning into a higher self, same thing. Wow. I've never even heard anyone talk about that. So that's very good to know. So people, like people talk about it, like, you know, you just, you just evolve and that's the end of it. But it's especially when, when our old patterns to a certain degree has been our defense mechanism, has been a protective factor, it served us up until a certain point. Mm-hmm. You know what? Someone told me, I think it was a mentor that I had a few years ago, and she was like, Posh, you need to get out of survivor mode. You don't even supposed to be doing that yeah. no more. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like, you're not a stripper no more. Like She was like, so basically what she said she wasn't the best with words. Let's just say that. But I got her point. But no one had ever told me that before. I didn't even know that was a thing. But she was basically saying, girl, you have been in survivor mode for so long. That doesn't serve you anymore. Like you're trying to go here and we're not in survivor mode anymore. So those things that you that you're doing and those reactions that you're having, you can't be doing that stuff in the new space that you're going. And I think that's when it that I think that's when it really got real to me. Like, wow, this is a real thing. Like this this real healing thing and and there's levels to this stuff. It is levels, yeah. <laughs> And every time, because as you, every day we wake up, right, and we have breath in our body, that's a new opportunity to do something different, to make a different choice every day. So it's definite levels to this stuff. Because not only, like, when you're changing and evolving, it's not just patterns and behaviors that you're changing and leaving behind. It's also people, places, and things. Mm. That's, and that's very difficult. Yeah. Well, we want to be loyal to certain people because they helped us out during certain times, but they 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 can't come with us. They're not a part of the evolutionary process. They served their purpose back then, but no longer, and that's hard. Yeah. So. Family members, family members, like when you no longer like 
like I don't even I'm not feeling that like sometimes we would go to family functions and around certain individuals because it was obligatory because they're family yeah. and that's nothing in black community we have this loyalty to what we consider family but even family sometimes does not serve us they're more detrimental Woo, so if mm-hmm. if people's places and things are not a part of your evolutionary process those things have to get left behind too and you grieve that as well that is so, so true. So it's bigger than just, oh, I'm changing and I mean, I'm having a difficulty. It's, uh, it's all the things that come with the change. And family is hard because they've been knowing you your whole life, but they're the quickest to throw your old stuff back in front of your face, though, right? They won't let you grow. Some family, some family members and friends won't let you grow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to, like, it's unfair to uh, charge somebody or keep bringing up their 20-year-old self and their 45. Like, what are we talking about here? Oh my gosh. I'm a, you're st- yeah. you're still there. I'm not. And so that stuff is unhealthy when they can't see you. Exactly. And that's what's happening to me in my own family. Like I'm the baby in my family. I'm the youngest out of three. And so my brother and sister, my sister's five years older, my brother's nine years older. And it's like they're still charging me for stuff I did when I was 19, 20, and 21. Mind you, I was off the chain, but that was 20 years ago. Like, I was a baby, I, you know? And I'm just like, why are y'all still charging this stuff to me? I'm in my yeah. 40s now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's because it's, it has everything to do about where they're at. Gotcha, right. So, the distraction. So, they're not evolving. It's easy to just look at you and, you know, look at you as your 21-year-old self, 20-year-old self. Oh, honey, you said a, a whole mouthful. Yeah, and I know that uh, there's a lot of people listening to this who can relate to so many things that Absolutely. we just said. Like, And unfortunately, we just don't talk about it enough. So that's why I really wanted to bring you on just to have a, like, a real conversation about the healing process, not this woo-woo stuff, <laughs> but yeah. a real yeah. down-to-earth conversation about what goes on with us um, the grieving process. I didn't even know that was a thing. Being in survivor mode and, and still trying to carry that into my new life. You know, a lot of us are doing that. A lot of us grew up surviving. Right. Yeah. And um, never really been at a place to where we could just say, hey, I can put my feet up for a little while or, hey, everything is actually going OK. <laughs> so, and, and I'm fine with that. I'm going to allow it to go OK. Yeah. It's just a tra- it's trauma reaction. Wow. It's just all the things that's unfamiliar. And so we we start to engage in reactive behavior. And that's what we call, a.k.a. survival mode. It's just reactive behavior. Got it. Wow. Is at risk. I'm fearful. You become hypervigilant or whatever behaviors, other behaviors that come with that. Hypervigilant. Kind of walk me through that. Hypervigilance means it's like a symptom of... of trauma like PTSD symptom and when PTSD for those who don't know is post-traumatic stress disorder and that's another thing we don't talk about enough in our community that's a where we talk mm-hmm. about it in reference to people who are in, in the military or something mm-hmm. but it's a very real thing if you have had any type of trauma so hypervigilance is one of the symptoms is when you're super aware and looking behind you almost paranoid and you react in a manner that. Maybe somebody who did not have that same experience, they're more relaxed. 
correct. I mean, I've literally found myself snapping on people. Um, and because I was preparing for the worst. And so I was already going ham. <laughs> like it hadn't even happened yet, but I was like, this is, it's just triggers. Yeah. Yeah. Just super duper on guard aware. That's hypervigilance. Now, I don't know if you know a lot about being an empath or anything like that. Um, <laughs> but I was told that empaths are created basically from being survivors. Do you know anything about that? Oh, okay. So uh, this is going to probably be controversial. I do not totally subscribe to this uh, ideology surrounding this thing about an empath because mm-hmm. what an empath tip really is is a person who has no boundaries. Oh. So a lot of people are like, I'm an empath. I'm an empath. I really feel deeply and I just, you know, want to help people and do for people and I'm crying with people. No, you don't have boundaries. Now, I do believe there are possibly some people, limited amounts, who are spiritually um, uh, tapped in on another level, but that's, no, that's not, the modern day definition of how people describe an empath is really a person who doesn't have boundaries. Wow. I never really thought about that. <laughs> Super overly involved with others. Always the go-to person. Just don't have boundaries. So, and then turn and say that they're an empath. So, no, you have boundaries. Wow, I've never even thought about that. So how do you feel about the introvert-extrovert thing? Do you think that's a real thing? Or are we just putting yeah, these titles on ourselves? Yeah, I mean, I think I think titles are necessary for our understanding, right? It's just a way to like define things. So, um, there's a such thing as those types of personality traits of a person who's more um, fine with staying to themselves and may like want to come out and be social at a minimum rate, but prefers more time isolated with a few people and who, who gets drained by a lot of social interactions. Those people exist. And then there's people that's more extroverted, that's able to like engage and, and gets charged up and energized by being around a lot of people. Those personality traits, then it's a person which I consider myself more of an ambivert. I can, I'm, I'm a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. I'm fine, totally by myself, but I do like engaging. I don't mind being around people, but I also know I can get drained as well, depending on the type of interaction. But I just think those those labels are just constructions to give definition. Got it. Okay. So you would say it's too wrapped up into it, but it just it helps to have to help people understand. Correct. So you would say introverts, extroverts is more of a personality trait and an empath is just someone who just doesn't have boundaries. Not it doesn't have anything to do with personality at all. Well, I mean that could be a part of somebody's experience and I wouldn't say so. Empath wouldn't say it's a personality trait. It's just—it's more so like behavior patterns that come from uh, conditioning, childhood, and like whatever you observed in a household. Maybe you grew up in a household there was no boundaries. Mm. Um, maybe you lack self-esteem, self-worth, so you engage in people-pleasing behavior, which turns into poor boundaries. It's all sorts of reasons why somebody would think and believe that they're empath. Got it. 
awesome. So I thank you so much, Mecca, for coming on and really shedding some light, honey. You have been a big help. You have opened my eyes to several things today. Yeah, you're welcome. So, yes, Posh, please go. Oh, excuse me, Shannon. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter. I I, I highly recommend. I think because you're going through this transition and you've been through a lot, why not go get therapy? What's been holding you up? From therapy? Yeah. Just the fear, you know. I was talking to my sister today and I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to do it. And, um, you know, I went to someone before. I didn't really like them. And like you said, just didn't go back. So I just have to be more intentional. And, um, you know, especially dealing with, you know, this new thing. Now my daughter's father has passed away. So that's bringing up even more stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. That's that you thought probably was resolved. And it's like, oh. I got to think about him now. I have to think about him now. Now I have I to go, go to the there. Yes. Now I have to go to the funeral. Now I have to go back and deal with his family again. And I don't know what that's going to bring up. So it's just like, okay, Shannon, now you need to really be putting some, some, um, you know, boundaries around yourself to, yep. to where when things do come up, you have someone to call or to go to, and you're not just struggling, trying to deal with these things by yourself. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, I should it's, definitely uh, have a therapist. Especially if you are going into this next phase of your life. It's absolutely time. Like, what's on the other side of it? If you, if you, the only thing that's holding you up is fear. Yeah. Lean to it. Do the, thing, do the thing that scares you. Just do it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Exactly. And usually when I say the worst, the worst can happen, the best thing happens. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you're serious about your whole total wellness yeah this is a part of the process Woo! yes honey i i got it so i would definitely be updating you about my therapy process honey our mental mental and emotional health and well-being matters it does it matters like you work too hard why not take care of yourself? We can engage in all other types types of self-care, working out and healthy eating and all this other type of stuff, but we don't go and get help for our emotions and our psychological health. And a lot of people don't know that your actual healing is directly connected to your finances. A lot of people don't even know that. I didn't know that until I went into, you know, getting a business coach and they were like, Everybody in here, y'all need to have a therapist. Y'all talking about y'all want to make money? You got to be a healed person because money is energetic. Yep. <laughs> so it is. You yeah, want to get up to the million dollars? You gotta, you gotta elevate to the million dollars. You know. And you gotta know how to keep it. So it's a mindset. Yes. Can't be desperate for it. It's, oh, that's a whole other thing. Yes. Can't be desperate for it. You have to be in alignment with these things. Okay. Come on now, the alignment. Yes. I love it. I love it. But if every time I turn around, I'm still struggling with old wounds, yeah. trauma reactivity, I'm in my own way. Correct. You are absolutely correct. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to go and definitely, definitely um, get a therapist. I mean, especially with this situation with my daughter's father. I'm like, it's everything is just pointing and pushing me there anyway, so. But okay. I thank you so much for coming on, Mecca. Please let Thanks everybody know me. how they can find you. You can find me on Instagram. That's pretty much where I'm mainly at. I'm at Mecca Presents on Instagram. 
Yeah, M E C C A presents, y'all. Okay. Yeah, and don't and I I'm actually a therapist, but it, you'll see a lot of clothes, and I'm into my personal style. So. Yes, she is. She fly, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> she is certified fly, baby. So I thank y'all for coming on and listening to Let's Talk with Shannon. It's been another wonderful episode and I will talk to you guys soon. Make sure you go to letstalkwithshannon.com.